Welcome to This Is Not Investment Advice. A uh, quick reminder, um, I have an email. This is not investment advice at gmail.com. Uh, the first interview actually on the podcast will be coming up at the beginning of next month. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like to discuss, uh, just give me a call, send me an email. Well, don't give me a call, obviously, because you don't have my number, but send me an email. And uh, to this is not investment advice at gmail.com. And if you want to go over a topic, um, today's episode is going to be a little different. So, and it's also heartbreaking. Um, today, by the way, is August 26th, um, 2021. The Kabul thing was a disaster, and I was browsing Reddit today. And uh, it, it was awful, but the post was essentially a guy just making a lot of bad decisions. It will be in the episode description. Um, let's get into the uh, into the article, or in this case, the post. Goodbye, Bitcoin. Uh, dream life savings gone for good. Uh, the story is, and you should read it and read the comments. The comments are vicious. Uh, during the last seven years, me and my wife have put in Bitcoins everything we had and slowly managed to reach 1.7 BTC, our entire life savings. 10 years of grinding and accepting odd jobs to save every dollar possible and buy BTC, every BTC amount we could. When BCC started recently raising from 30K to 40K, I made the biggest mistake ever, trying to earn more than just holding. Spoiler, it doesn't end well. I started looking at YouTube videos explaining how to leverage, how to earn more, how to trade futures, etc. So here's the first part of it. You know, he's talking about, hey, he and his wife have been grinding, extra jobs, and their life savings is 1.7 Bitcoin. And that's ad very admirable. Um, here's the next part I really don't agree with. It goes, in a matter of hours, my YouTube feed was completely flooded by videos of Michael Saylor, one of the world's top CEOs, betting hard on BTC by doubling and tripling down his BTC holdings and claiming it would easily go to a million each. BTC, I was hooked. Um, Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy's bet is a long-term bet. I think the math is like that as long as Bitcoin's in like 26 or so or 22 or so after five years, they'll be fine. And most of this is convertible debt. Um, he's not buying futures and gambling short term. For the one time in life, I wanted to be a hero in my wife's eyes. I wanted to make a bold move and save her and us from a life of odd, us from a life of odd and low wage, wages jobs. I saw an Uber opportunity. I went for it without even knowing what I was doing. You know, we're all, we all want to make more money, okay? Um, and I'll tell you part of my story is I got really into options when I was younger and I lost a lot of money. It was exciting, it was fun, and I lost a lot of money. And then, you know, it's, this guy gambled with someone else's money, his wife's, not just his own which is a completely different topic. But, you know, one thing that I've noticed is that when you're on, you know, crypto or uh, crypto Twitter um, or, you know, you know, I think it's a lot of, or Instagram, I'm not on Instagram anymore. Um, there's a lot of flash, right? You see people with the Rolexes and the, and the Ferraris and the Lambos and, 
you know, the Bentleys and the futures trades and everyone posts their future screenshot about how much they're up their profit and their leverage. That's not for me. And I'd also say, and I'd also say that it, it's, those are the wins they post, not the losses. And I think this is more of a, maybe a male thing, but people love to gamble and they love to tell you how much they want. I don't care if it's Bitcoin or at the track or on the, on the football game. People love to say how much they won. They don't really like to tell people how much they lost. And I believe, and I've been pretty consistent in this belief, that during this cycle of crypto and Bitcoin-related investments, I think most people will lose money. Because I think that, I think long-term Bitcoin's going to a million dollars, at least by 2030. That's my view. I think it's 400,000, 500,000 easily, in my opinion, by... Uh, 20 uh uh by 2025 or or it's under 10 it's it's binary to me it either works or it doesn't but what's what's interesting to me is that within each cycle there's i think this low point midpoint mania and i know that's very simplistic but that's the way it goes i mean what made the biggest impact in my life was looking at housing right which was Housing went through this phase where it was a quick money thing. And the buyers overwhelmed the demand, overwhelmed the sellers, and the price skyrocketed. Then they ran out of sellers, they ran out of buyers, and they called collapsed. You know, we've seen this with other things. We've seen this with classic sports cars back in the day. We've seen this with, you know, the dot-com bubble. I didn't see it. I wasn't old enough to really understand the dot-com bubble. I saw a stat that compared to the money supply, the NASDAQ at the peak was 25% of global money supply. 25% of global money supply at the peak. You know, and to me, when you when you read this, when you read this article, um, it, it not only is it heartbreaking, it tells you kind of how you can screw up. Uh, the article continues, I still haven't said anything to my wife. She doesn't know this, and this is killing me from the inside. I just don't have to say to her, I'm simply devastated. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. And if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't have any regrets, well then, you're perfect. I've had regrets. My friends have regrets. But I think we should think about why this guy did what he did. Now, he claims that he wanted to be a hero in his wife's eyes. I think that's true. But I also think another truth here is that we all want to be rich as fast as possible. I've been seeing this NFT thing and ETH rocks go for 600,000 or million dollars. I saw Solano and Cardano and, you know, for me, I just tell you what I do for, for me. I don't tell people how to live. I'm just trying to tell you what I do for myself. It's been very hard to ignore the price rises. It's been very hard to ignore, you know, 
the noise. And to me, to me, it's, it's so important to have a plan. You know, when you read these stories about how things get really out of hand, it's generally because people don't have a plan and start chasing. You know, my mom has always been the very, I think, the more speculative in my family. And my dad's been always the more, I'd say, conservative by the book. And while she made a lot of money through goods real estate investments, she wanted to get involved in the hype of the housing market. He's like, no, 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 like this is out of control. And and that leads me, I think, to my to my real thought process on where even though I believe we're in the long term, Bitcoin's going up. The question is, well, where are we in the cycle? That's what do I believe? This guy, what he did is part of the maniacal thing. I don't like that. But I don't see most of my friends into Bitcoin. Most of the people I interact with at work, I don't see them in it. When it was up a little earlier this year, some were kind of trying to get into it, but most aren't. Most aren't into crypto. I really don't hear about it much. I think the institutional adoption is interesting. Um, so I think Morgan Stanley now owns like 30 million. It's a small amount, but I follow this person called Macroscope on Twitter. And they talk about, they post these small mid-America funds that are starting to put a little in, they're trying to dip their feet in. But what this reminds me is, and I am a big fan of Rao Pal, and the idea of controlled risk, which is the guy doesn't trade on leverage. And I think that's, I understand why leverage sounds so fun. It's like, well, I'm going to make all this money. But as someone who's done and lost my money, all I can tell you is like, I have no, I have no real interest in it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, oh, I put leverage on and then it goes well and I become a multimillionaire and I'm rich and rich and rich. But then I lose everything if I'm wrong. You know, a lot of people saw 50 and they chased. They were wrong. You don't think there's resistance at 50K that a lot of people are scared, that a lot of people are selling to, selling into that strength. So for me, I just keep on dollar cost averaging when I have the funds. Um, try to take a long-term view. But I think you should actually save this post because it's a good reminder for you that if your plan is to dollar cost average, that you have no business getting to this leverage trade. Um, this, uh, this article uh, is so, it's so, the comments are brutal. Um, but I guess what I would tell you is be honest with yourself of what you're good at. I'm an emotional person. I'm super emotional. So I can't go into these leverage trades. I'll fucking have a meltdown. And I think also it, it's the idea of being a trader is so difficult. Being a holder is so, being a holder is so hard. My net worth is all over the place this year. But the other question I should ask is this: With something as volatile as Bitcoin, do you really need leverage? Yes, when you buy a house, you need a mortgage. Okay, most of us don't have half a million dollars sitting around to buy a house. 
Gotcha. But when you're buying Bitcoin, do you really need leverage? And I would argue that you don't want to be let. You don't want Bitcoin. You just want to make money. You want to go all in quickly. Um. It, it was such a it's a painful gut punch because this guy's he's you know he took his wife's money and he he lost everything. Um. Other than that, you know, it's been a crazy week. What's going on? Uh, and I go through the quotes, and I go through the quotes, and uh, a lot of talked about. It's like they're saying this is a scam story. He's going to put his address to get the money. Okay, maybe it is a scam, but this kind of story does happen. You can look it up and see how many people just get wrecked by by liquidated trading. So it's not whether this is true or not. It's don't lie to your spouse, number one. And number two, stop, stop, stop trying to time markets. You know, you, you hear this phrase, time in the market is better than timing of the market. Maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe the people that have been there before have learned this situation. Maybe there's a reason people like Raul Powell say don't use leverage. Maybe there's people that say, hey, like, the guy, I think Tom on Fundstrat, he's like, hey, we're going to go to 100K, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. And, and I think that's, I hope that's the lesson is, generally, from what I understand in my experiences, when you try to time markets, once in a while you get lucky, you think you're smart, and it's a way to get you sucked in and lose your money. And personally, I think Bitcoin is, is more than volatile enough. Um, other than that, I uh, hope to hear from you soon and have a great evening. Good night.